Welcome to the Get Offset Podcast. My name is Andrew. And my name is Emily. And, uh, whoa, 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 what are you drinking? I'm drinking an iced coffee in a uh, fancy beer glass from the, I guess, soon-to-be-defunct because they're moving somewhere, Peddler Tavern. Uh, yeah, yeah there's, the, the glass threw me like, wait, what? I mean, yeah, I no. No, it's a weekend and all, but damn. Yeah, it's, it's, it's only 9.20 in the morning. Why not have a a chocolatey looking beer? No, it's iced coffee. That's fair. That's fair. Um, yep. I'm just mm-hmm. drinking hydrating fluids. Yep. Yep. Nothing. Okay. Nothing exciting. <laughs> I got it at four in the morning. Oh, why? To start food for the day. Oh yeah. I guess I'll be by by later. I should probably remember try to remember to bring you some things. Sweet. Uh, and when I say up before in the morning means like my alarm went off at four. I rolled out of bed, walked to the kitchen, turned on the oven at two twenty five, grabbed the already filled pans out of the fridge, dumped them into the oven, and went back to bed. Nice. I mean, I was home in case the smoke alarm went off, but at 225 with a fully sealed foil wrapped container, mm. it'll be fine. It will so be the, fine. It's just been slow brazing. And then I'll finish it off with uh, doing carnitas, but nice. not not the traditional way. Just the taking a slow, uh, a, like a, oh my God, a crock pot. There we go. Like a crock pot recipe that my mom used when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, is there any soy sauce involved? There's no soy sauce involved. Ooh. It's pretty straightforward. Uh, it's let's see here: salt, cumin, coriander, oregano, and I think that's it for the oh, but bay leaves. And that's it for nice. spices. Cool. Uh, you just take the pork shoulder, cube it up into like two to four inch cubes, and then chicken stock over the top. And braise it. Nice. And then after it's like pull apart ready, uh, drain a whole bunch of fluid, pull it all apart, shred it, and then bake in the oven on high, like a, like 450 or something like that, just to crisp it up. Give it that tender but crispy thing. Nice. I was thinking about mixing in a little bit of lard for that final stage to help it fry itself a little bit because that's closer to traditional. And I don't know. also because I've got lard in the cabinet and I've been trying to figure out ways to use it before it goes rancid. Smart. <laughs> <laughs> Probably for so, the best. Yeah, we'll do that. Tacos will be a chill hangout. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. I um, I spent a lot of the day practicing uh, the old bass guitar. Oh. I, have a, I have a jerf gig coming up on uh, March 12th. So I've been just uh, trying to kind of relearn relearn those songs and then there's a uh, a couple of new ones new ones for that gig at drunkies uh so that'll basically be our first gig before we get into really high gear practice for um a may tour that we're doing through the um northwest so i'm really really excited uh, about about all that but i was i was playing all these jerf songs i kind of got you know, the ones that I know, I'm just like, let me just remember the fingers on all of these songs. And then for any that I didn't like have memorized, I'm like, I'll mm-hmm. just get those. I'll get those later. I'll get those tomorrow and the new things. Um, 
and I was like, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put on the YouTube on the TV and just, just learn some other things. So yeah, yeah. Rick and I were just kind of sitting in front of the TV with basses and just going through, um, like Prince songs, Jackson Five songs, just fun, mm-hmm. fun songs to learn on bass. And um, we, that's what we did for a lot of yesterday morning, and it was really, really fun. Just like going through tutorials, learning things that you might not have just otherwise decided to learn is um invaluable but we we realized the apple tv because a lot of these tutorials they'll have like the tab along the bottom Mm -hmm. if you pause on the apple tv it it pulls up like recommended videos on like the bottom 25 percent of the screen covering the tablature it never goes away It'll That's just stay there dumb. for the entire time that it's paused. It's the fucking worst, like UX. I it's the worst of the apps on the Apple TV. I think is the YouTube app. We're mad about it. I'd be mad about that. I'm trying to think because I've only watched YouTube like once or twice on the new TV, and I don't remember what it does when I pause. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I'd be pissed if that's what it does because it doesn't do that on like a PC, which is worse yeah. than. Where I watch most of my YouTube on lunch breaks no. at work. No, it doesn't do that on a PC. It just does that on the Apple TV. I'm like, what? I, I know that you want me to keep watching, but why would you assume that a pause means I immediately want to watch one of these like three, four, five other videos? It Maybe means it's catered to millennials with a short attention span. I'm a millennial. Or uh, Gen Zers. There we go. Gen Zers. Gen Zers are old enough to buy TVs and have apartments now. Yeah, that's cool. Great, great, great. They're not the problem. They're not the ones who are making this UX. <laughs> Maybe they are, but they're not They're not the ones who are like in charge of it. It's like it's such bullshit. Obviously, Maybe they are. Obviously, it's not all about me, and obviously this thing works. Maybe maybe it's some UX designer like fresh out of undergrad with a communications degree and no relevant tech experience going, yeah, that'll be fine. One interesting thing that, like, I will almost be damned before I, like, it's like, part of me kind of a little bit wants to do this, and I look at my numbers, and I'm like, I don't think I'm big enough to, like, do this without being, like, the worst thing in the world. Mm -hmm. Someone said, with the number of people who watch YouTube on their TV for my demos, I should put QR codes to the products with my affiliate links on the screen. So people can scan it and buy it from their phone with my affiliate link. And I kind of think I'd rather not. It, it'd definitely be extra editing work. A couple of that's one. It, I think it'd be barely, it'd be barely any. I just have to, it, it, it's that's, that's not what I'm concerned about. If it's just like at the end of the video and um, that'd be fine. It, if someone's asking for it, like just to sit in the corner the entire time, I'd be concerned about eyesore. I don't. I don't like QR. I mean, I. I don't like QR codes. But why? I think they're fine. I love that. Like Coin, Coinbase did a whole ass commercial. Just having people scan a QR code that they didn't know what it was. Aren't yeah. you not supposed to scan? QR codes when you don't know what they are. And that's where I was going to go with it next, which is it's a security nightmare for anybody. 
Yeah, um, that's that's like I, you're not supposed to scan unknown QR codes anymore. Oh yeah, it's like clicking on a link that you get from a random email address. Yeah, it turns out to be a phishing link. Yeah, yeah. like it's exact. It, it it is clicking a link just with a different modality of using a left click on a mouse, which tells you everything you need to know about who who Coinbase wants their users to be. Uh, naive folks that don't realize that by going with something like Coinbase. The whole point of crypto is stripped away because now it's traceable to you instead yeah. of going with a offline wallet that's not tied to any particular entity and therefore can't be taxed or traced. What? Yeah. Well, I don't know anything about crypto. I don't care. My crypto is definitely being tra- taxed and traced. How would you feel if I told you I used some crypto to buy... From my PayPal wallet to buy um, the fuck Putin um, <clears throat> guitar pedal from Caroline Guitar Company. I mean, you go, girl. You do what you want to do. It's your life. It's your money. That could be $80 billion one day. I didn't, actually. I just used some other part. It's just it's an option now when I go mm. to buy something with PayPal. It's like, do you want to use your crypto? Like, not really. Yep. Feels at this stage like using it to pay for things feels a bit like Chuck E. Cheese tokens. Yeah, it's like someone else is just gonna like. Are they gonna also trade it? or Are they gonna trade it? I don't know. That's what makes it feel like not money. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. I I, I don't think it's stupid, but I, I, I don't think we're I don't think we're there yet. It's like if you're not spending it, it's not money. You're just hoarding it. It's hoard. It's hoarding. It gets treated like stock right now, more so than it does currency. Which That's means it's, it's not currency. Mm. If and not there spe- it is. If you're not spending it, it's the not The quiet money. part out loud. So I spent real money this last oh. week. Oh. Um, all right. So story time. I... Uh, I got a text from buddy last weekend saying, Hey, I'm, I'm looking to buy a bass guitar. I don't entirely know what I'm looking at. Could, could you come with me? And we, uh, we could uh, try out a couple things and you tell help me for making a terrible life decision. That I'm going to regret after the, the return date is passed. And I said, all right, that's fine. I was already planning on being out and about. So, well, what, what, what stores do you want to go to? He lives in like Shorewood, Shoreline, Shoreline. <laughs> Shorewood. <laughs> Shore would like to. Uh, so he lives in Shoreline. Like, all right. So what's up there? Like, uh, where do you want to go? And we would talk back and forth. And he's like, all right. So here's the game plan. We're going to go to Trading Musician. Great American, store. Music, American Music was closed. It was on Monday. Um, mm. So he's like, we'll go to Trading Musician. And then if they don't have it, I'm just going to eat crow and go to Guitar Center and give Big Corporate my money. So, all right, cool. I, I need to run a couple errands and I'll meet you at Trading Musician. All right, cool. Yeah, let me know when you're on your way and I'll, I'll meet you there. So an hour later, I text him, hey, I'm on my way. I'll be there in 15 minutes. He's like, cool, I'll see you there. And I get there and I'm walking around like, where is this guy? And so I text him like, hey, buddy, where are you? He's like, I'm in the pro audio department. I'm like, it, trading oh, musician. Guitar center. He's like, oh yeah, I forgot to tell you. I, I looked at all of trading musician stock online and they didn't have anything that I was interested in. So I decided to go straight to Guitar Center. Why wouldn't he tell you that? I don't know. <clears throat> just forgot. And so, all right, that, that's fine. fine. Whatever. Uh, I'm just going to poke my head around here for a couple minutes since I'm already here. 
I already parked, walked my way over, uh, and then I'll meet you over at Guitar Center. Just so people understand, Guitar Center is literally like three blocks north of the Trading Musician in Seattle. Yep. yep. Yeah, it was not far at all. So this wasn't like a major inconvenience. For no, Andrew. no. Super minor. But I figured I'd just walk around real quick, just see what they had. I saw that they had a silver screw DS1 in the cabinet. I'm like, <gasps> uh, but you know, I didn't want to spend like, I think they're asking like 350 for it. I'm uh, just like, they had some cool stuff. And I started poking around the, the used pedal cabinet. And this is when I know I should have just walked out. So I saw a, a neon orange pedal sitting in the case. And instead of walking away, I said, what could that be? And I walked over to take a look. I was like, oh, it's a, it's a downward spiral by, by Mr. Black. That, that could be cool. Yeah. And that's where it should have stopped. Again, I, I, I've had multiple chances to stop myself. And did I do that? No. What I said is, hey, uh, could, could I get a, a power supply and a cable over here? I'd love to test this out. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I'm just going to test it real quick and then I'm going to leave. Like, I, I'm not going to pay for it. I just wanted – I'm here. Might as well plug in for a minute. I saw there's a Morgan uh, amp on the other side that I kind of wanted to plug into as well. So, all right. Like, just real quick. And I hit like three notes. I'm like – Ah, uh, <laughs> oh no, I have to get it. So I, um, I, I lied to myself long enough to <laughs> allow myself to buy this. Nice. Um, it is, I mean, that is neon orange. That is orange. It's like almost like too bright for me to read the white screen print on top. <laughs> so I'm, I'm hyped. I mean, well, congratulations. I've been slowly building up enough units for a uh, all orange board. And uh, I think, I think realistically all I need is a delay. So I've got an orange tuner, an orange comp. I've got two orange drives, unless you count the 50, 50 as two and one, which it is, which means three orange drives. And now I've got this and I, th oh, and I've got the orange fuzz box. So I've got a lot of orange drives. A lot of orange dirt, not an orange delay. I can do an orange topper for whatever volume pedal I want to put on. So, who makes an orange delay? T Rex does. Oh, right. We've had uh, this conversation. Yeah, we, we've had the conversation, but I'm not convinced that's the one I want. But it, yeah. it's probably going to end up being the sort of thing like in another like six months, I'm going to walk through a store arbitrarily and be like, oh, look, there's an orange delay. Oh no, it's an orange delay. I have to get it. <laughs> so. Um, Give me some time to save. Or not delay, uh, reverb. Reverb modulation would be cool. Yeah. Nice. So. Well, yeah. congratulations. Uh, and then we went to Guitar Center, helped, hooked him up with a Squire Jag bass. The, the, I think it's the Affinity series. It's got the humbucker in it. Okay. He was pretty happy with it. Uh, there's a couple, like one didn't have like a super great feeling neck. It's nothing that could have been worked out. The other one, it was like the perfect amount of relief in it. It's like, there you go. Problem solved. Made sure that the nut was lined up and it's not like it, like the strings are like off like a little bit to where yeah. like <clears throat> the, the G string would roll off. Yeah. Uh, and then while I was there, I, um, I made further poor financial choices. Uh, how long is that one? 15, 16 feet, 18, uh, 25. 25 feet. Ooh, that's a long cable. It's a very long cable. So I got two of those. What? And 
Yeah. Where are it, you going? Here. But it's orange. 25, 50 total feet is more than I use in my rigs, and I walk into the audience. Yeah. But it's orange. Yeah. That, that, that's that's me. Uh, my real thought there is I can probably, in my office space here, I can plug into the amp, run it around up here without having to roll over with my chair and just have it plug in right over here for me. I hope you have a buffer. It's a very long cable run. Eh, it's all right. It'll be fine. <laughs> there's, there's buffers in like every boss pedal, right? Yeah. That, that counts. I had a comment on one of our video, on one of my like reels. And it kind of made me laugh because I thought it was really goofy. Oh. Just like the way the guy said it. With a Strat or a Tele, you can hear the loss with a 20-foot cable compared to a 10-foot cable. And you can hear the loss with a 10-foot cable compared to a 6-foot cable. All cables, Mogami Gold. That may be okay if you like the longer cables, but it is part of the choice. Okay. But that with a strat or a telly, you can hear the loss. But not a Les Paul because maybe the higher output from a humbucker, it doesn't get hit as hard. But what if you're using low output humbuckers? Yeah. No, I'm like, there's something that's not translating in that comment. Uh, I think it's brain cells. But no, I'm not going to be mean. But I'm not going to be that mean. People say I mean all the fucking time. That was mean. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sure there's something to it. I, I just, I, I think the the whole premise of a comment like that is like that okay. someone else cares, and yeah. frankly, I, I, I don't. This is orange. It makes me happy. I'm not going to be bothered too much by a little bit of tone loss. Oh no, I lost a little bit of high end. That's okay. I just think most people can't hear it. Like live, especially. Yep. I, I'm just I'm very unbothered by a little bit a little bit of tone loss live. I'm very unbothered by it. Um yep. in the studio recording, obviously that's a concern that you sure. don't want to fuck with. But um live Nobody's people aren't remembering like bad notes really live unless there's a lot of them. So that's yeah. <clears throat> that's yep. that's where I stand. So I stand on the uh I, I at this point really just play for myself in my, my office here and if I'm happy with it, I don't mm -hmm. I don't care. Yeah. I'm getting less and less snobbish about it all the time. Good. Again, more and more snobbish about other things, I'm sure. Yeah, like people's audacity to dictate what I should care about. Audacity. I really do believe that, like, when it comes to the comments, like TikTok, TikTok does seem like the worst for the comments. And I don't know if it's just that, like, the user base is younger, so they're just like, they do have the audacity to kind of not live and let live. I think that's harder for young people. I really do because 
I just think that that's your currency when you're younger uh, versus when you're older. I think that you're a little bit less secure. So you're going to be like, if someone else makes a different choice, it's almost feels a little bit more like a, um, an affront to your own choices. Yeah. Like when I was in high school, I didn't drink. And Mm -hmm. some people treated that like an affront to their choice to drink. Sure. And it wasn't, but they treated it that way because I think that they knew that they shouldn't have been doing that at a young age, or they felt like it was judgmental when it really wasn't. It was just like a personal choice I was making. Sure. Um, So I don't think that when you're young, when you're young, I think it's a lot harder to differentiate between someone making a personal choice for personal reasons and judging you for making your own personal choices. Totally. I mean, I think there's that. I think there's a general sense of not feeling in control of the world around you versus the older you get, you you kind of get that better sense of like letting go of what you can't control and taking charge of what you can. Yeah. And a lot of stuff is stuff you can't control. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of armchair psychology to sling around that, but at the end of the day, if it's accessible, it's not, I'm not going to get into it. There's some quote that's like, don't take criticism from someone you wouldn't take advice from. Mm-hmm. Something like that. That's, that's not quite what it is, but I'm like, that's, a, that's a pretty good one. Uh, I agree with that to, to an extent. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, Oh, the way I treat like criticism. It, dep- it depends on feedback. the type of it depends on the type of criticism, but like music, I it depends on the type. Yeah, sure. I I, I kind of treat criticism in general as just data points. Nothing's really like depending on who it is, I'll hold it to a higher degree of truth than some for somebody else. But yeah. even if it's somebody that like I dislike, say like in a corporate environment, somebody I dislike says, "Andrew, I think you're a piece of trash," uh, and here's why. It could be completely incorrect. It could be based on some severe misunderstandings on the part of that person. But at the end of the day, that data point is valuable because that tells me what at least one other person feels. And that might be not the only person that feels that way. And so I have to just kind of just tuck that away. It doesn't mean I have to react to it immediately, but just as part of the ecosystem of perception. That's how I kind actually, of it. That actually kind of reminds me of something that B.B. Bridger said in an interview in Billboard recently. I actually have that pulled up. But uh, Billboard interviewed Phoebe Bridgers. Um, oh, God, that was this week. That explains why it's pulled up. Um, the question was, it has been a year since your guitar smashing moment on Saturday Night Live and the ensuing Twitter storm <laughs> led by Rock's outrage elder statesman. I would disagree that it was led by the elder statesman of rock. I know sure. David Crosby definitely weighed in, but lead's a strong term. Uh, the question is, what did that reveal to you? <clears throat> mm-hmm. And um, Phoebe responded, it's pathetic and funny. No part of me thought it would piss anybody off. I literally went to sleep and woke up like, what the fuck? It's just so stupid. I've said this before, but at least the right people hate me. At least it's not like I stepped on something that I didn't mean to. I was just like, oh, good. Mm-hmm. And I think that's 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 an interesting way to think about it. At least the yep. right people hate me. Yep. And I think that a lot, too. You know, the people who don't like me, 
I don't really like them either. Like it's it I think that's kind of okay. Like yep. oh I also think you're an asshole. We mutually agree that we think the other's an asshole. That's cool. The people who the guy who accused me of being a race trader a few weeks ago. Yeah. He thinks I'm a race trader. I think he's a racist piece of shit. Great. I'm glad he hates me. I wouldn't want him to like me. You're much more aggressive than I am. I'm just more in the indifferent category of like, I don't have to care about what you think about me at the end of the day. It's just helpful for me to, you know, calibrate in the back of my head, but I'm not going to cater to somebody, uh, just anybody. That's That's where I am for most people. There are people who I'm like, I'm glad they don't like me. If if like that's if you're going to be like such a piece of shit, I like I don't mm-hmm. want people who are such pieces of shit to to like me. Um, if you're a stranger, I don't particularly super duper care what your opinion is on me. I I don't want to be disliked by strangers in any way. Like, it's not something I actively want Sure, is to be disliked. Like, that's not what I'm going for. Because there are people who do that, too. There are people who, like, <clears throat> all they do is rage bait. That's their thing. Mm-hmm. They, you know, it, and it can be as mild as there. there's, like, there are trends of people who they make videos of just, like, pouring ingredients on the countertops and, like, mixing them with their hands. Yep. That's just rage baiting oh, because yeah. it's so stupid. That's what these people get off on mm-hmm. is, is making people mad at them. That's not what I want. What I want is to foster like a community of people who like what I do, like sure. what we do, um, are similar interests, ha- want to have interesting conversations about important things, to like the things that are important to me, to you, to us. And, you know, want to have that kind of community. And if you don't really like it, that's that's cool. Like, you can walk on. And if you actively, like, think it's the worst thing in the world, it, bye. Yep. Like, okay, cool. It's not for you. It's fine. Yeah. It's not going to be for everybody. Yeah. I'm not going to be bothered by it. I'm not going to yeah. lose any sleep over it. Yeah. But <laughs> I just, like, if led you think by- I am, that's sorry to let you down. <laughs> Yeah, but calling David Crosby rocks. El- outraged elder statesman. <laughs> it's interesting to think that someone that perpetually high could be like outraged. Sure. I mean, I, I just calling some like calling that dude like the outraged elder statesman is kind of like it's kind of like like on your way to thanksgiving like with your your partner for the first time like oh yeah and there's like that we've got like that one uncle instead of just saying oh yeah like he's absolutely a pedophile racist like etc like oh, just God. saying it out loud and just be like oh yeah it's like that one uncle it's kind of how that reads it's like yeah. giving enough deference for what it should be on paper to be clear we're you- not calling david crosby either of those things no no, 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 he is, no, he is neither of those things. He is just uh, a boomer, uh, a hippie boomer, to be sure. But that was a his, his take was odd. 
it was strange. It's like weird hill, weird hill to die on, but it's so last year and I don't know. Though I do like Neil Young's quote about him, which is like, basically, David Crosby should write a book called Why No One in the Music Industry Talks to Me Anymore. Nice. Yep, that, that'll do it. <laughs> that will that will do it. Absolutely. You want to yeah. talk about semiconductor chips? No. Do you? Like a little bit. Okay. Then tell me about semiconductor chips, dude. So ever so briefly, because I don't want to like, you know, send everybody into to doom for eternity. First, can uh, you tell me what they are? Uh, I mean, just chips like, like electronic chips. Okay. I'm just asking for the listeners. I okay. am the proxy of the listener who doesn't know that, what they that's are. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, electronics. Uh, anything that's more than like a basic analog uh, with any sort of chip in it, chips need to be, you know, they they get made. Uh, it's not like it's not like those individual parts are then built out as individual parts by like your local pedal builder. They are ordering those parts and then putting them onto a, a uh, on a PCB. So, where do those come from? Those usually come from Taiwan is where the bulk of those are built in the world, and then the the materials for those to be built are sourced from different parts of the world. And one of those places is uh, Ukraine. So Ukraine supplies, I think like 80% of the world's uh, semiconductor grade neon, which is what's required for the, to power the lasers essentially uh, to create semiconductor chips. Oh yeah. So if one thing, so there's two, things here that combined would be catastrophic for the pedal industry. But I mean, at that point it would be not great for the rest of the, any tech related industry anyways, is Ukraine is taken by Russia. And then China says, cool, well, we're just going to go ahead and take Taiwan. There goes semiconductor chip. Um, yeah, that, I mean, it's not like it's going to go away, but that's suddenly a ton of leverage and that'll be interesting to watch play out if that does indeed happen. But I'm very hopeful I'm very hopeful based on what I've seen this week. I think Ukraine's going to possibly pull this off. So we'll see. Huh? Yep. How's that for uh, under the radar economic widespread impact situation that could come out of all of this? Well, I don't really know why anyone would choose to fuck with Ukrainians personally, having known a few. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah, huh. But um, it just seems like a bad career choice to fuck with a Ukrainian. I agree. Yeah. Um, uh, Zelensky is my hero right now. I mean, the U.S. is like, hey, you want to ride out of there? And he's like, I don't need a ride. I need ammunition. Like, come on. <laughs> Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That guy was on like, he won his country's version of Dancing with the Stars also. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. He was like a comedian. Like, he I, was I need also look, like a celebrity. Yeah. I need to read more about this dude because what I've seen out of this week in the headlines is just top tier leadership. And I like, I want to do a case study. Like I want to read into this and like, how can I learn from that level of 
like if his balls were any bigger, it would slow down the rotation of the earth kind of status. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I stand with Ukraine. I think we both do. Yep. yep. Yeah. So, um, fuck Putin. And I stand with the Russian citizens who are risking their lives to stand up to him because mm-hmm. that is not easy to do there. And nope. I stand with all the Ukrainians who are risking their lives to, for their own independence mm-hmm. and, um, shit. <clears throat> this is terrifying and bad. And a little bit. Yeah. We, yeah. Great. Great. Yep. No, the, the semiconductor thing is all secondary. It just happens yeah. to be oh, gear yeah. related, which is why I brought it up first. It's interesting. I then I did not, not, did not know that. And closer to home bummer news. Um, Mark Lanigan of the Seattle grunge band screaming trees died this week which is uh terribly terribly sad um someone i know jeff played guitar for mark for the past 13 years so i guess 11 years um of his life actively uh, and then obviously the past two years were covid but mm-hmm. um <clears throat> so that was shocking though i i didn't realize that mark had had um really severe covid Mm-hmm. and had been in a medically induced coma. I guess I thought he had been doing better, but no cause of death, but just really, really sad. I, man, what a beautiful voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm, uh, I'm afraid we lost him there. Yeah. He did not like that song. <laughs> he would not have appreciated that. <clears throat> Well, <laughs> he wouldn't have appreciated a lot of things. <laughs> it's not my fault. It was his number one hit of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he did not like singles. He did not like the soundtrack. <laughs> he he did not like Screaming Trees. Man, his book is just like such, like his first one, I should say, such like the lost art of a rock and roll memoir that is just like un unabashed like he's like i'm just gonna call them how i sees them it is um it's almost refreshing how he does not care about burning bridges <laughs> in it but uh he man reckless a little bit <laughs> can't say it'd be I, my first choice but i do yeah but um man Courtney Love in true Courtney Love fashion. She, she deleted this, but she had to make it all about herself. Well, she, well, Mark, Mark and Courtney and Mark and, and Kurt especially were really close friends. Um, Courtney Love actually paid for several of Mark's rehabs. And he does credit her with his sobriety in his book. He speaks pretty highly of her, but I feel like mm-hmm. she apparently thought that their friendship wasn't uh properly given uh, a lot of time Mm. in their book uh so she writes rest in peace mark you were a good friend to me and kurt even if your book you wrote our close friendship out i'm still baffled and so sad about that but side quote market forces of sexism number sign 
It is what it is. And Anthony keys to this is book scar tissue, despite us being roommates and hanging out a lot and also in bed for years. Previous to me begging Kurt not to kick chili peppers off the cow palace, New Year's Eve 92 show due to flea who never sold me out. Generosity being the reason whole could ever rehearse in scar tissue. I first appeared on Kurt's arm whining. Okay. Go sexist market forces. Hot dog emoji. You fucking dudes and your stupid fucking books. I'm finishing mine now, so it'll be riddled with lightning flashes of brutal truths and remembrances of all your little wieners hot dog emojis. So put on your panties, because you'll need them winking emoji. I'm over taking your BS books where I'm a, quote, whiny adjacent of Mr. Cobain, period, personally. <clears throat> In any event, the winding sheet and the stunning Whiskey for the Holy Ghost were my brilliant soundtracks for all of Awful 1994. I always thought you were a man of great honor and underrated. I'd have done anything for you, and I did. I co-signed your mortgage. I put you in sober living for a year. I paid for three rehabs. And, of course, I never wanted or needed any public acknowledgement or thanks for it, and I never did get it either. She, Yeah, she did. Uh, LOL. I heard you had a long COVID bad death and I'm so sorry. Rest in power. I'd like to think you'd have oopsies. No, I'd like to think you'd have come around and made up for your appalling rendition of me in your tome mark, wherever you are dropping the rocks. Yeah, I feel like I've I had a stroke reading that also. Yeah, no. Remember the days when statements like that would have had to have been cleared by a publicist instead of just like Thursday night after the second bottle of wine on the couch? <laughs> While smoking a cigarette? Like. Why does she start going off on Anthony Kiedis in the middle of a post about Mark Lanigan dying? Courtney, stop. She deleted it and just posted something nicer later. Screenshots but. are forever. That's the thing. Oh, my God. I needed to screenshot it because I'm like, what is happening? What? He's actually very, like, positive about the help that she gave him in his book. There's... There's a lot of ways that that could be responded to, but I, I, I think the uh, uh, the the most constructive one is please see a therapist. Oh, don't do that to therapists. <laughs> no. Oh, that's I, I've got a couple of referrals in my inbox for though. If you for think one. if you think I'm not going to read Courtney Love's book, you're wrong. I am. I I, I, I believe you will. I'm going to no doubt it. in my mind. Yeah. I probably will not. <laughs> I listen, I think she's going to be the most unreliable narrator on the history of the planet. <laughs> but damn. You know, I would I just really want to know what her take is on these things. It's everybody's biggest fear is like like all these rock stars from like you know, they live their 20s and the 30s and they just run amok and then they live in fear of when they start releasing the books. They're like, oh, yep. shit. 
People are going to start releasing books. Yep. Yeah. It's like the super delayed equivalent of like, oh my God, did someone snap what I did last night? Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, but like back then when that shit didn't exist. Right. People are like, oh, fuck. Books. Because they didn't (laughs) think about it. Because also that, that, that kind of happened before, but like, it's a little bit more recent that like everybody can get a book deal. Yeah, because like there's digital and there's audiobook, and I'm like, hey, you write your book, you sell some copies, you get your money, and you you ruin some lives. <laughs> yep. You tell some you tell some stories that people never thought would be heard again. And like, yeah, like there are some people who like I know that like <clears throat> when when they write their books, it's going to be doozies like for fucking real or like books or books written like involving them oh i know they i know that people there there are people who live in fear of books being written that have stories about them in them i mean there are worse ways to live life Mm. but that's not how i'd want to live mine for sure there are worse ways to live life than in constant fear of somebody like releasing your deep dark secret of why your former best friend doesn't go on tour with you anymore. Yep. Yeah. Is it because you slept with that person's partner? Uh <laughs> No, is it because you groomed a child? Ah. Uh... Yeah. No, it's bad. So many bad books. But uh, Mark Lanigan's book, it most it wasn't so much like that, but it was very much honest to his um, <clears throat> point of view. And he his former band members in the Screaming Trees, some of whom he was very um, positive about. There was a woman who would play bass for him very briefly. He he spoke great things about the He's like, I loved playing bass with her. I thought we were better mm-hmm. band with her. And then when the guy, the brother decided he wanted to rejoin the band because his marriage didn't work out, I thought it was to- total fucking bullshit. He got so mad about it. Um, he says terrible things about the guy who wrote a lot of the songs. He But he admits to his own faults as like a terrible partner, boyfriend, human being as well. It's kind of amazing. Um, but I don't know why I'm talking about this. I mean, I, I, I suppose that's going to be a lot of how he's remembered. And, you know, I, I love his voice and all, but if that's how I'm remembered when I die, I, I'm going to be really sad. So. I mean, he's always honest. Right. But that that's a double-edged sword for, for a legacy. And I don't know if that's what I'd want. Honesty really is um, unfiltered honesty, unabashed honesty like that. You, you, you have to remember, you know, he was raised in a very different place than a lot of folk. Like Ellensburg, Washington, like a rodeo kind of town. Yep. Those are different places, man. Like I agree. Like they're the kind of places where you got to put up or shut up or you get shut down, shut out, get your lights knocked out kind of places, especially back then. 
Yeah, I, I'm not saying that it's unjustified or that I. I yeah, I, most you know, people not, grow out of it. I mean, that's that's. I think that's a fair point, but I'm just for me personally, that's not how I want to be remembered. Yeah, oh. I, I'd rather be remembered for someone who's got tact. I think most you can be honest, but tactful about it. I think most people will remember him for his music. As someone who's so recently read his memoir, I'm thinking about it. Sure. <laughs> um, I want to read his second one about being in the coma, but <clears throat> you know, too soon, uh, maybe. Maybe too soon. Yeah. But it, it's sad. It is sad. He was such a friend to like Kurt and Lane Staley. Um, mm-hmm. He and Lane were very close. He toured with Lane, and there are a lot of stories about Lane Staley in the book um, from Allison Chains. Mm-hmm. I've yet to read anything about Lane Staley by anyone because I've read Patty Schimmel's book, uh, her memoir, and Mark's. And they both have lots of stories about Lane. He just seems like one of the most beautiful humans. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've heard a lot of good things about him as well. Yeah. One of the the stories. Sorry. One. Just. Yes. No. Mark's. um, Mark was an interesting guy. I. I like his solo stuff a little bit better than the Screaming Tree stuff. But I. Yeah. There's too much, so much uh, wah pedal on the Screaming Trees stuff, I think. Some of that grunge stuff had a lot of wah pedals. Looking at you too, Jerry Cantrell. I, uh, to pivot a bit. Oh, you want to pivot? Well, well, before I pivot, I mean, I've just had um, one of their... I've had Ivy by Screaming Trees stuck in my head all week. Mm. <clears throat> just from the pure angst of that song is just the vocal angst is what really captured me as a kid listening to that. Yeah. That's the that's the one Screaming Tree songs that will always uh always hold my attention. But pivoting a bit to other other folks that I look up to on the, you know, celebrity side of things. I was watching Star Wars last night, <laughs> and I had a strange real. Well, say we're talking. She's like Carrie Fisher's like got this poise, and uh, like we're and we're starting to think about it, like, wait a minute, we are both older than she is in Episode Six, but it feels like she's like this. It was just like a really strange realization. One more. How old, old was she? Because she was only nineteen in Episode Four. I thought she was seventeen for some of the scenes in Episode Four. Let's look it up. Uh, Carrie Fisher, Age and Return of the Jedi. She was 25. What? But what about episode? Is that episode four? I don't know. That's a new Uh, hope. Yeah, but uh, 25 in episode six, which is what we were watching last night. Okay. So I, uh, no, it was just a strange realization, like someone that I've looked up to since you know, I was a kid and realizing like, wait a minute, I'm now older than they were when they were acting, uh, in the roles that 
capture my attention. It was just a very strange realization, but also good gravy. The, aside from the, the super like cheesy, awkward scene, like on the bridge in the Ewok village where Luke's like, my father has the force and I have the force. My sister has the force. Like that yeah. whole, that whole montage is just like pure eighties cheese. But <laughs> uh, Outside of that, like her. Yeah. It was really solid. That's, that's kind of, it, it's, it's easy to forget that how young some of these folk are um, mm-hmm. when they are that famous. I mean, Carrie Fisher, obviously her mom was Debbie Reynolds. So she mm-hmm. had a, uh, let's just be honest. She had a little bit of a head start as yes. phenomenal as she was and talented and deserving of every single ounce of success. She ever, I named my fucking cat after her. I love Carrie Fisher. Um, talk about flawed human beings. <clears throat> but, you know, it's it's kind of like, you know, Prince being 19 when he released his first record and he was like in his mid to early 20s when Purple Rain came out. And just thinking about like how incredibly successful people were mm-hmm. at young ages can really make you feel like a slacker. No, it doesn't make me feel like a slacker. It's just like a... It- it's kind of the, more so in the realm of perception of age. Yeah. Of think like, yes, that, that is like, that is a leader that is someone with poise and, mm-hmm. and like that gravitas. Oh and yeah. Re- like looking around the other people age. around me and even yeah. looking at myself and going, wait a minute. Like, cause I kind of feel like I'm like the young kid on the block sometimes. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like, no, like Carrie Fisher can hold that level of gravitas. Why can't I not to say that I, I'm Carrie Fisher, but that's a high bar. But no, that, to, detaching that from age, I think, is more what my brain was fiddling with that last night. Well, she has to remember that she had a lot of experience as well, starting from a young age. Sure. As as her character, especially. Like her father was a command her adopted father was a commander, and she was you know, going through the ranks from a very young age, like the character was. And uh, so like experience can start very young and, you know, leadership is interesting. Um, I studied leadership in college. Like I have an emphasis in it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Literally it's on my degree. Um, So uh, there are different kinds, obviously there are different kinds of leadership. Um, one of which is like servant leadership. That's obviously yep. the Jesus kind of leadership. Yep. And uh, you can study leadership to be, you can become better at leadership. And oh, yeah. I think a lot of people believe that you are born leader and that's a thing. That's I mean, absolutely not a thing. You, I think it can be, uh, but it's one of those, like it's a skill set, and some people might have natural inclination towards that or a natural, more natural understanding to start with, that doesn't mean that that's where it ends. That's, but that's not like, it's not intrinsic. It, it has a lot to do with, I think probably how you were raised, like the yep. confidences like that were instowed with like mm-hmm. how, with like what your, what your parents did, um, like schooling and stuff. But no, there's no such thing as like a natural born leader. It's just like who's it, who's going to step up when it need, when when the time comes, um, 
and who is going to put aside what's best for them and look at what's best for everybody. And I think, you know, to pull it back around to music, I think that um, some things a lot of bands lack is they do lack leadership. And I think that's why, you know, bands tend to hire managers Mm -hmm. is because, you know, you need somebody to be that kind of leader for the band. And sometimes it's just easier to have somebody else do that. Have somebody else make the hard choices about um, what to record, when to record it, when to go where, what kind of touring to do. Yep. Sometimes it's just easier to have somebody else make these decisions so that you can focus on the creative elements. And, but even then, like most bands are solo projects and that's just kind of how they are. Or there's like one or two main creators and then the other people in the band are essentially hired guns and maybe they have like a lot of importance still and they're still part of the family and the main dynamic and they're important and they're never going to change but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not essentially a solo project still there are clearly exceptions to the rule we've talked about queen and how every single member of that band wrote at least one number one hit (laughs) multiple top 10 hits and how that never never happens but then you look at a band like pavement for example pavement's the stephen malcolmist project (laughs) like like let's be real like there's there yeah sure there's some input from other members and that's how bands work but essentially it's like a 90 10 split yeah guided by voices is bob pollard but is it the same when bob pollard goes and does boston spaceships no why i don't know it just isn't (laughs) Different project. Yeah, it just it just feels different. So different goals. Yeah, but well, uh, I just had to pull it back to music. Sorry. No, no, no. no. You're you're absolutely right there, and uh, oh, last leadership episode, is valuable. Last week's big episode fan. did really well. Oh, did it? Yeah, huh. and I think it's because we talked about guitars immediately. <laughs> oh. I should probably go back and check the comments. I usually do check comments. I don't you know do? if I got to this week. Yeah, I'll go and watch the the live replay on the the comment. It's like never can make it to the premiere for my schedule, but oh, I do scroll through uh, the comments and read through all of them. Typically, Aww. I know. I tried to do them on like Monday nights, and I just don't like doing them when I'd rather be making or eating dinner. That's fair. I mean, with that, hi, Jason. Hi, Jason. Hi, Gresh Zeppelin. Hi, Value Vinyl. Hi, Fat Panda Cat, probably. I'm sorry. If you're actually here, if any of you are actually here, I'm really sorry if we're not getting a shout. This is not really live. But yes, hi, Jason. Hi, maybe Noah, maybe Joe. I don't know. Well, speaking Always of Jason. making dinner. Yes. All right. Thanks for watching, everybody. Oh, Thanks for listening. Patreon. 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 Yes. Like, comment, subscribe. Mm-hmm. Rate, review on iTunes and Spotify, I guess. Yep. Shop. Get off that podcast.com slash shop. 
Shep, shep, shep. Affiliate links. We have Sweetwater. We have Reaver. We have Perfect Circuit. We have Coach Guitar Tutorials. You should just edit in all the QR codes on the front of the screen. No! Too much work! Refuse! No. Alright, um, thanks for watching. Thanks for understanding. My name is Andrew. My name is Emily. Goodbye! One, two, three... <sighs>